Welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com where the orchard of wisdom is just ready for picking. We celebrate your why, the journey that you've taken that inspires someone else. We support your services. We support your story. Come and be our guest. Become a host. Be an author with us. Come see what we've got. Our next show is... afternoon and good evening everybody welcome back to another edition of building your business i'm your host sarah troy and my guest today is christopher bauer he has a very very interesting idea terra floor plans hexagrams joined together that create combined housing that not only is uh, takes up less land but it also builds a community this is something that we're really going to today, is that people are so tired of being isolated. They don't want to be stuck over here and stuck over there and not knowing who their neighbor is, nor do they want to be put into a great big, huge, enormous block where everybody is just the same in their own little ticky-tacky houses. Something that has character, that can really actually uh, be built around the needs of the people, create a community where people, both seniors and young, can be together and actually have a meeting place where they can communicate. There are so many options to this. There's so many ways that this can be done. And although he is here in, um, in Victoria, BC, in Canada, this plan can be taken anywhere in the world. He's stoked about it. He's driven. He really wants to see this out there. And he's inviting the people out there, the, the builders, the city planners, uh, the senior home people, the people who want to see housing for the young, because we know there is a housing shortage out there. He's inviting anybody who's um, able to see the plan and see the possibility and just to see it being built because it makes sense. So we're going to dive into the details of it today. What does it really mean? Does it mean to society? How does this work? How does it go together? How is it economical? Um, and to a point, how is it ecological? And uh, most certainly what we need to look at is the consciousness of community because people are hungry for that. They're hungry for that connection of feeling like they know their neighbor. And especially when you bring seniors and young people and families together, we're bringing people together instead of dividing and everybody benefits from that. So let's take the journey with Christopher and find out exactly how this came about, where he wants to see it go and exactly how it can be adapted to the needs um, of what is needed. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Thank you for the welcome, Sarah. Great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now I have the glasses on folks, they will come off because I know I'm reflecting right now because I really want to actually look at, um, you know, some of the wording and, and some of the plans that he's got here um, because I'm just going to read a little bit here. It's a versatile design to accommodate the community and adaptable to be changed in 10 years without having to rehire a designer. Family comes first. Uh, they have a two to three bedroom units that are designed for families being around a thousand square feet. Student living as possible with 500 square foot studios. And it can be built from a, a two to a six, nine unit building to a 10 story, 54 to 57 unit building with over 270 different interior layouts. The building footprint is around uh, uh, 729 seven square feet, um, which is possibly uh, 0.167 acres. So it just shows uh, of how little space it really needs and how much can go on there. But the difference between this is the fact that it is built for community, that it is actually built for the, um, the beautiful ability of bringing people together rather than this kind of, we're really not into the big, huge block. Uh, I don't know who you are lost in this maze of housing. We really do want to go into community where we do know our neighbors. And you've designed this with that in mind, haven't you? Yes, I actually designed it with insight from the CEO of BC Housing, Shane Ramsey, with who I was directed to by Lisa Helps, the mayor of Victoria. She put me in contact with him. And I ended up reaching out initially for showing him my green sustainable single family house designs and he's the one who said we need more multi-family multi-unit and then this is after doing some research this is my interpretation of what multi-family multi-unit should be right. because all the current multi-family multi-unit buildings 
just like single family homes today are built one way and mm -hmm. one way only. And if you want to modify them, it's costly, it's expensive. This takes the costs out of the renovation costs, well, design renovation costs out of it mm -hmm. and makes it easier to go forward if the building needs to be changed. That's where the versatility and the adaptability comes in. But it's also the looks of it. You've designed it as a hexagram. Uh, honeycomb. Honeycomb. Yeah. Honeycomb. And, and the whole thing about that is that it's, it's just more aesthetically better looking, you know, more invitational, feels less like a block, you know. And um, in the design or, you know, already when you, you see it, because uh, you, you can do a couple of these on, on um, just a two lot, a two kind of regular family lot. Yeah, it could fit on residential lot. It depends on what the lot coverage zoning bylaws are. Mm -hmm. Depending, because some communities you can only use like 30 to 40%. Others, it might be higher. But if you have a larger, like an acreage parcel, you could potentially get four of these buildings on it and still have lots of green space for the community, which is win-win. Right, exactly. And, and I was, because um, I've done so many shows with um, like Alzheimer's or, or um, mental challenges. And, you know, we're looking at, instead of um, the cost of having to have somebody go and live with somebody in the, in the home for Alzheimer's, of actually creating, quote, the village, uh, where you had different people at different levels, where they actually can do their own gardening or do some chores and then the people that are there to monitor and look after them also live there and and it creates a community where they feel independent where they feel they can contribute but it also is so much more cost effective on the people that are there to help look after them rather than just being in their homes there's so from you know obviously from my aspect i'm seeing it on so many different levels um, you know, you're elderly but instead of just elderly um you know, having it with the young people so that you have the young children actually integrating with the seniors. And we know that that makes the seniors stay around longer. And what a gift to the children to have the elderly wisdom there and the parents to have that kind of support as well. There are so many benefits to creating this, aren't there? The list doesn't just go on and on. It's fairly long the list of benefits and honestly more the more people you talk to they even find some that you might not even think of like for example one of the bears I met was in couch and he actually stated that each unit is basically an end unit on a building because it has so much natural light coming into it and I mean that it you could almost say it's almost inspired by nature with the honeycomb design like the beehives yes. just a smaller ver just a smaller version of a beehive but bringing people together and actually just having it so everyone's welcome instead of in isolation yes but the light is important uh, not only because you can actually you know use solar panels or solar blinds or you know other ways of actually powering your house but um but also we know that we need a certain amount of vitamin d we need that light it actually is something that really does feed our soul and our spirit and lifts people up and again a lot of these places that are built very tiny and small there's very little light coming in there and uh, so that light is actually something on a on a, um, a psychological approach is very very important for people and i don't think they realize you know how much a light room or light house is very very important to their psyche um and it just also is just so much more cheerful to live in a place that's bright and light rather than the dark and tucked away into a cupboard. The design also is just so much nicer to look at from the outside because it has character and because each one of these uh, little honeycomb apartments has its own identity within the collective, which is also what makes it uh, so much more aesthetically nice. And if say the builder wants to add balconies it's relatively easy in the design i can walk them through it we can easily do that modification mm -hmm. so that, that's then you can have outdoor space like place the barbecue on, for, yes. on each of the units so you could even take kind of one of these honeycomb things and make you know kind of the um, the big gazebo for for everybody gathering you know having a potluck nights where everybody brings a meal i mean Again, this is what people are hungry for. This, you know, it used to be you knew your neighbors. 
and your neighbors were there for you in times of trouble. And in today's world, it's like, mm, I don't know who they are, you know, and we, we don't talk to our neighbors. And it's like, why, folks? <laughs> You're on the same street. <laughs> Get to know them. Yeah. You're really creating an area here where people can really comfortably get to know who they're living with. The co-housing model, which the, there is a co-housing kitchen on the ground floor of the building, it was inspired by Grace Kim. She is an architect based out of Vancouver, it goes between Vancouver, BC and Washington State. And she actually took part in the Canadian co-housing um, a conference which was the last weekend of April. I was too busy to attend it, but overall, I, the TED talk she did was very inspiring. And just having that one element in an apartment building changes it from an isolated building where each unit is individual to a community, which I mean, it's such a huge difference for everybody. Yeah. And it's also making something go. And of course, this is up to each place and each design, but you know you can create pet friendly places you know having a little section where it's cornered off for the doggies to run around and um and because that actually is a huge thing in housing today because it's so hard to rent a place if you have a pet uh you know oh we don't want pets too much trouble and it really makes it hard but we also know that how pets um really are very very healthy for a family, for children, for seniors, and how important it is to have that. And again, if you have a community where everybody knows each other's pet and everybody's looking out for each other, you know, everybody can get those little puppy lugs <laughs> and the cats. And, you know, it's again, bringing people back down to that village mentality. And so the, the simplicity of what you're doing is something that's been around for thousands of years, but we lost touch with it. And you're bringing it back um, with the with the honeycomb design of it. You're also still giving people that individual design where they feel it's their place. They're not just part of a block lost in the ten thousand units <laughs> that are in a high rise. Um, you've created a, a community space where everybody can come together or rent out the space to have an event or whatever the case is. But um, I would imagine that in uh, municipalities that this is something that would be extremely beneficial because the fact that it can bring people together from all different ages and really would actually solve a great deal of the housing problem because you don't need an awful lot of land for this per se, depending obviously what the rules and regulations are. But it, it is because it's bringing that community together on that diversity that uh, I would imagine municipalities and mayors and things getting behind this, really liking the concept of it. The ones I've met with, all of them love it. Mm -hmm. They are all for it. They want it. They want to see it in their communities. We just need people to now step up and go to these communities and start taking the next steps and finding the prop the lots or the buildings that they could knock down and put this on or the vacant lots and put a couple of these on. And there's so much potential there, like all across Vancouver Island, the mainland. BC, Alberta to back East Ontario. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one of these things that it yeah. literally can be adapted and adopted anywhere. And, and also I would imagine it doesn't really matter on the environment because you have the plan, but the materials can change according to what environment it's going into. Um, you know, so that is adaptable, but you do have, you have put some sort of unique ideas of materials in there to try and make it as eco-friendly as possible. I have, yes, I have advised on some material considerations, but the the building codes will, end of the day, mm -hmm. determine the final design and the engineering and, of the building for the site and the wind loads will all play influence in how it's built because it has to meet or exceed codes. I would love to see these buildings built as leads, gold, or above because they, they're more than capable because mm -hmm. I... I those are those standards are they're yeah a bit more costly to reach but then at the end of the day the building is more cost effective to run yes because it's more efficient so it's also the way that we need to go 
Yeah. I mean, passive housing being around for 40 years, but it's really relatively new in North America. And when you look at the design of it, yeah, it might be around 10, 15% more to actually build it initially. But the cost effectiveness over a period of time, never mind, you know, not just the money savings, but just, you know, the fact that you're actually keeping your energy in the house and generating the energy in the house instead of it just going out through the walls and through every single gap, it is already something that's so beneficial. And I think we're slowly beginning to look at that effectiveness that it is really, really important to have that. Um, and we're waking up to that fact, aren't we? That, yes, we yes, are. Yes, put, put in a little money initially. But as you said, the, the longevity of having to do repairs or anything else, is that's also going to be cost effective down the line. Well, it's basically preventative. You, you get it dealt, you deal with the, this by building it better there's less stuff has to be done later to maintain the building instead of building it to code and then running into like having to do more updates as the codes require down the road you're, you're basically exceeding the code which is much much more desirable for people living in it and it also it'll get more attention too it's, it's a green building versus standard construction <laughs> even i mean yes it is still standard construction but a green like dockside green or the living buildings that are around bc in the states those ones they, they draw so much more interest uh university at simon fraser universe simon fraser university is actually they got their whole campus what they're doing is the living building challenge so. mm -hmm. and i see could see this building on a, a large enough site or a few of these on a large enough site it could probably meet the, the requirements to meet the living building challenge i mean if you're looking at universities and things like this this is, would be great wouldn't it because you could have different blocks um and again it's bringing the students from around the world together um you know we know that some of that housing on there is very old and run down and um and that it's sometimes even hard for students because they're just in these little compartmental rooms and it's noisy because other people are partying. You know, here you could actually create a lot of like 500 square foot apartments where they have their own space. They can really concentrate on that work and those studies and then have that meeting place where everyone can go to. So it's a, a very, uh, I mean, as you said, your design really could be dropped anywhere for any situation. I'm going to give another scenario. I, you know, I'm in my 60s and at my age, most people are downsizing. We don't have the families at home anymore. We don't need the big house. And, but we're also bearing in mind that we are aging and there's going to be some things or support that we're going to need down the road. So even if you go into an apartment, you're looking at, does this mean later I have to go into a home? I don't want to go into a home. You could create a, a wonderful uh, society where people, even from 50s down, can go into an apartment and grow old with it because, again, you can have that support already built in there. A community nurse or people who maybe cook food or people who run around and do the shopping for people. They could all be living there under that same roof, but you're still giving the dignity and the independence that somebody wants to have. Um, you have, we call the, you know, the, um, not the yuppies. Ah, uh, oh, I've forgotten what we're called. Um, but we've been around for a long time and we're busy aging. And this, this would fit into the needs of that so much, so much. Because we don't want to be isolated behind a door and not know who we are, you know, who our neighbor is. We would like to be within 10, 15 years of the age bracket of the people that are there. But it would be great to know that there's somebody who could do some shopping or there's the cleaners that can come around and help or there is a health nurse there if you need it but you still got your independence so you're giving dignity to people as well which is really really important uh, from a from a social point of view so again there's so many ways this can be used now, going back to universities, I've actually met with one university on Vancouver Island, but I am open and I want to meet with more of them because they they need student housing. Mm -hmm. They all need student housing. And if they're looking at ways and new designs, this is one where you can have student housing and families going to school without having to <laughs> change too many things. Like it, it's all ready to go. Just have, if you have a space available, 
feel free to contact me and we can discuss how your university, your college can have campus housing across Canada, across the United States, even Europe. Yes, yes, as I said, this is a design that can go anywhere. You're just changing the materials according to, you know, the, the temperatures <laughs> of the place. Um, um, but it, it's a basic design that really uh, materials are not can be adapted to, but it's such a, a basic design that it's rather like Lego, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> you know, you can piece things together, you can go up as high, you know, how high can you go comfortably? I would say 10 stories, depending. You might be able to go 12, but again, engineering, the engineering mm. will determine that end of the day. But you'd also I, don't want to go too tall because you do want to keep it on that community basis. Yeah, so. I think honestly, the four to six story buildings will be the most common being mm -hmm. built because those are comfortable heights. They're still small apartments. And you can have your community, you can have your rooftop garden with the solar above it. Right. And then other like family play areas and other gardens on the property itself. So you can have each individual community also come together as a much larger community, which is beautiful. You're also seeing more and more people today wanting to grow their own vegetables and, you know, be sustainable as possible. And so this is actually something that you can do. You can have a community vegetable garden where people can actually um, build that. And you've also got your millennials that go, I don't want the 4,000 square foot house that my parents had. You know, I do want to live smaller. I do want to live more in a community where I know people and less detached. Um, even raising the children, they want to know they've got people there they can count on, they can count on each other. So there's a totally different swing, isn't there, from the big monster houses going into a smaller place where it does feel more community amongst millennials today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, with builders... There's a lot of emphasis today on luxury homes and massive apartment buildings with small units, but re the reality is we need to see more small apartment buildings because that's what they did in the 70s and 80s, which created the rental market we have today. But for some reason, we stopped in the 90s and the 2000s. So why aren't we, why aren't we going back to that? Everyone, right. everyone wants livable yeah. units but they're hard to find and they're usually always rented out and yeah it's where it's, can they go like basement suites or right. well yeah. yeah i mean that's basically isn't it it's, it's an old building that probably hasn't been maintained or if you get into one of the new ones you know the they are so tiny but everything about them is tiny about it you know it's not like space being properly utilized or again that light coming in or even that sense of kind of community it's just like you go into your little box put your lid down and that's it um and the cost of it is so expensive um how would yours be in in cost ratio to what is out there and obviously you're talking here in in you know on vancouver island but just percentage wise how would it be cheaper Cost ratios, my overall design cost is 5 to 15% cheaper depending on the market because my design fees are much lower than an architect. Um, construction cost-wise, smaller buildings, I estimated around $250 a square foot up to six, seven stories, or seven stories to 10 stories. I would estimate closer to $350 a square foot. And I got this information by talking to a construction consultant consulting firm in Victoria who actually does this type of work so I was able to run them by what I'm doing and they were able to run out these well give me the numbers to, the larger number to work with I was able to re do some research and find that thankfully the smaller buildings don't cost the same as the larger buildings because you're not doing them all in concrete right yeah so and actually, even the concrete today has changed, hasn't it? You know, it's, it's so much more durable than it used to be. It's also gone up in price. And right, true. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, as it's also become more durable, durable um, once uh, people have to consider too, the concrete does have a carbon footprint, which should be considered in the building process, but there's probably ways of mitigating it or reducing your carbon footprint. I, I've heard there's um, carbon negative concrete out there. Yes. That would be really neat to bring into one of these larger buildings because then you have basically a carbon sink in the building instead of something that's putting out carbon. 
Right, exactly. Yeah. And there are those materials out there. And yes, it probably will be initially a little more expensive to start off with. But again, let's look at the bigger picture. And I think this is what you've done here and everything that you're doing is you're looking at the longevity picture. Uh, we do have a housing crisis right now. Uh, you do have maybe a family of three or four in a great big, huge 4,000 square foot house. Um, and then what happens when those kids leave home? <laughs> How many go back home because they can't afford to live on their own? You know, I know people right now have still got two kids at home. They come back because they cannot afford the rents in Vancouver. It's gone ridiculously sky high. And of course, the salaries have not gone up but the rental and the cost of living has and this is really kind of the scenario everywhere in the world isn't it housing has got so much and this is why they're, re they're building these grippy huge block things but which i don't consider the answer because they look so institutional they just don't look communitive at all so you, what you've done here is that you're still maintaining some land space not just all concrete block you're still giving um, multiple housing but you're also creating community where people can communicate each other because psychologically the studies have shown people that just go from an office then into their little box departments and they don't see people along the way and it's all concrete really do develop some psychological problems. So there's so many other benefits to this kind of housing concept. That's really important. Yes, exactly. Also, when you have people wanting to move out, the, they have another challenge. They can't find a place to move out to. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. we need more, uh, well, either affordable market rate or student rental housing on the market today because, oh, you want to move out. Well, you, you can't, one, you can't afford it, or two, you can't find it. So it, it, both factors play into that. So if yeah. we can have more supply, the rental housing the rental rate should hopefully hopefully maintain or if there's more than enough supply they'll they might might go down but at least if we have more out there then people actually have a place to go when they want to move out i think also when you're looking at a community they go oh, i don't want one of these great big huge big block things in here we know there's a housing crisis and you're going to tear down all these beautiful old houses and you're going to put up this big monster we don't want it with your kind of design you know if you took two or three lots uh, you could put several of these on the lot but they aesthetically they're not going to look like a big huge concrete monster in there They're, you know and um, for people that are living within the communities i would imagine this would be so much more receptive for the fact that they do have a beautiful design um that the way you can place them around the uh, around the lots and the fact that they are bringing community together so i can imagine there'd be less resistance from people in, in communities because of this design they'll probably still need to talk to the community but it would be a lot more open-ended because it's not going to cover the entire lot and get rid of all the green space it's going to mm -hmm. take a smaller portion of the lot you can still have your green space and the park space or the community areas so you can get together on it and it it will yeah be way way more desirable for people living there or living near there who has to look at it every day exactly so you've got students who need housing why they're at there are very expensive universities or colleges you know trying to make ends meet two jobs going to school just to be able to pay the rent you've got young couples that are starting out you know they maybe want to save for that family home or the start off in a 500 square feet and they end up with a three bedroom in here as the family grows you've got uh, you know middle-aged people that maybe suddenly there's divorce or singlehood come into their lives and it's like they're downsizing or they're out on their own you've got seniors who don't want to go into a senior home but still want to be part of a community still want to be around all the different ages I can't see anybody here that couldn't benefit from this everyone can benefit from this it's finding now the people who actually can understand this concept and see this concept and utilize this concept because they'll benefit from it too. It's, right. That, that's, that's precisely it. Yeah. So you've got the mayors on board, you know, a yes. few mayors on board that really see this as being beneficial. 
Um, and of course, you know what you're looking for the, you know, obviously the, the, the builders, the people that are actually out there building is, is looking at how this can be such a, a wonderful concept for them uh, to build because in actually building it, does it take more or less time than a, it would be same amount of time because it's same construction methods and at end of the day. And uh, would these be, um, I suppose it would go down to each community whether these would be sold units or purely for rental? It would determine, well, it depends who the, the person who's paying for the project. If it's an investor, they might retain the building as a rental building. Mm -hmm. If it's a developer, they might want to sell off individual units. Right. It, it, it all, it, it comes down to who is the person putting this one up or putting them up, but that's their choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just thinking also, you know, near hospitals, amount of nurses and doctors, you know, um, and uh, how expensive it is because when you're around a hospital, generally the housing around there is really, really expensive and how beneficial this would be, you know, having, nurses and doctors all living in one building because they're all working peculiar hours and they can all be there and they need to download you know they need to <sighs> the end of a 12-hour shift um and how beneficial that would be i can just see universities uh, you know uh, senior homes um things like autism or you know mentally challenged or any other type of people that are wanting to to build something where it can then be that community um, that how just it just makes sense it's like where are we going to house these people how are we going to do it well you've created something you've created something that will do that I, I know that there was um, somebody I was talking to um, we're looking at individual housing pods for autism on a lot with the central area where they could all come together and that's you know where they were also monitored and looked after well instead of all those separate housing on a lot which takes up more space this is something that can still give everybody their individualism their own their own space to do their own thing but still under that umbrella of community and coming together again so many boxes you know when we're talking to the the builders out there the developers out there the investors out there name any scenario and this fits into it exactly <laughs> Yeah, and it's so simple too, which is like all these new buildings that are being considered or going through planning phases, some of them, they're super complex. Like they're so unique designs, but they're only ever going to be built once. Mm -hmm. So there's all these huge design costs on this those buildings and it's only going to be built once. Why not have something that has lower design costs and be, can, can be built as many times as it's needed in any community. And even, and even though it is this design, they don't all have to look exactly the same, right? Yeah, the developer can change the exterior or the, the person who's building the building at the end of the day, they can make the exterior to their own choice. They can do the more traditional, they could do a more modern, I mean, hey, it's up to you. Right, so <laughs> right, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, different type of windows, all sorts of things. There's so many different ways they can do it, but basically it's, it's, it is a cookie cutter plan that can be taken anywhere. I mean, let's take it out of North America. Um, let's look at, um, you know, other countries that are having massive housing problems. Let's even look at the refugee problem, you know, which is enormous amount of, you know, lack of housing. They're still intense and just in great big huge warehouses, you know, how this would help them feel like they still have a community together but giving them that individualism and a chance to grow and a chance to feel that they belong um and i would even imagine as this can be rather modular it is something that perhaps even could be modulized and light lego pieced together for something that's needed and then dismantled and moved elsewhere because of your design it probably could be done as a modular building i would have to find someone who'd be interested in pursuing that route but i'm sure like there's other modular building styles that have been done i i don't see a reason why it couldn't be it, it's just one someone has someone wants to go that route and two we have to ask the questions on how right it can actually I, I be think possible. the possibility is there when there yeah. is a need 
right? There's a possibility that, that there's always a way of finding a way of doing it. It's just the way you've actually got all these honeycomb things instead of being built as one unit, they can all be built individually that then could slot together in some way. Uh, everything is possible, you right? It's just looking at how far, far field this can go. So, you know, I mean, although you, you would love, uh, you know, I mean, we really need to get government behind this. We need to get government planning behind this and to see how beneficial this is. Again, going back to, yes, they can pull down three or four houses, build a huge block, and it can house X amount of people, but are you still building that community-based thing? Building something like this, where it is uh, going from the seniors to the young newlyweds to uh, students to young families in creating that community and all the benefits that it has for every single person there um i think you know just looking at all the layers it's uh, i can't see why um government won't want to get behind this you know cities won't want to get behind this because it just ticks the boxes Meeting with the provincial government is interesting to say the least. They're very busy mm -hmm. and they're very hard to coordinate with because you have to go through so many levels of government to talk to the person you're supposed to talk to. And I mean, if they would have come in and approached me, I would be all ears, but I've, I've tried approaching them and I've got told to talk to this person and go to this person and go back to the first person. And That's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh -huh. And it's actually talking to somebody that knows somebody in the government that says, you've got to listen. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, right? That's the reason why you're doing this show is to show all the benefits, show how easy this is, how adaptable, how adoptable, how expandable how far reaching it is, how many communities, how many settings and how many people it can serve in whatever their area. Do they need it for students? Do they need it for seniors? Do they need it for newlyweds? Do they need it for families? Do they need it for whatever? <laughs> yes, 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 this complies. This gives what they need. Now it's just a question of sitting down with you and going, okay, how can we make this happen? It'd be nice if I could meet with the provincial governments of each province and the federal government because they all have initiatives for affordable housing. Yes. Yet they're not really. They're they're the not. The doors are opening. Right. Well, the doors are opening. They're, they're I, I can't reach them. I want today. them to come to me. No, you've got to go to them. Um, <laughs> and this is part of what you're doing right here is letting them know you're here. You've got something. You want to sit down and talk with them because it's about the possibilities. And we know that in order to get to the people that we really want to speak to, there are so many other people that we speak to along the way. But that is what it's all about, you know, that networking, that understanding. And we never know where that introduction is going to go to. Sometimes trying to go straight to the source doesn't work. Talking to someone else and the roundabout way, you're gathering that support and that momentum along the way to when it does open the door, they're going to pay more attention. So don't get despondent. Yeah. Yeah, very true. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> Well, with government, they, ha they have all these initiatives. It it's, it's impressive saying, uh, you know, they want to make such a huge difference in the social housing. I, I guess, when am I going to meet the person who has the connection who can get me talking to the minister, the honorable minister of housing in Ottawa, or the minister of housing in BC, because they're, they're there. They're busy. But they're I'm so busy. <laughs> no, nope, never too busy for a good idea. It, all it is is introduction. And that's where you can come in, folks, who are listening and watching this today. Do you know somebody that can open up those doors? You can see the benefits of this, how massive a scale it goes, how it can come into a community. We know we cannot avoid this. Old big houses are going to come down, apartments are going to go up because there is a housing shortage. Instead of something that's just another block, having something that really is more building of a community, more invitational, that serves all ages together under one roof, is something you want to see in your community rather than just another concrete block. So if you want to see this in your community, then start talking start reaching out, start uh, communicating with people about, I prefer to see this, or I'm interested in being a part of this. I'm interested in having one of these apartments. 
I would love to know how I can make this happen because it's not just up to, to Christopher here. You know, he's got the plan. He's willing to talk to anyone. But if you're the listener here and you can really see the benefits of this, start talking. Start talking to other people. You never know how that domino effect can happen because the only way we're going to bring about this change and fulfill this need is by each one of us stepping up and communicating and, uh, and, and making it happen. It doesn't happen on its own. And uh, when you've got that momentum behind you of the people that really see the benefits and really see um, how it, you know, how it serves them, that's when you take it to the government because now they see you've got wind behind your back. People are really interested and that's the important thing. Just everything about it makes sense, right? Everything about it makes sense. Back in March 2017, Bloomberg actually put out an article on the affordable housing crisis and the housing crisis in general. 54% of the rental market is made up of small apartments of 2 to 49 units. My, this honeycomb building covers 80% of that. It goes from 6 to 54 units. Right. And they are, this is, the, the statistics are coming from the United States, but Canada's in the same boat, Europe's in the same boat, Australia's in the same boat. Overall, we haven't been building these buildings. We need to build these buildings because yeah. these, <laughs> we need more small apartments end of the day because they are a huge part of actually addressing the lack of rental units yeah. everywhere. That actually, livable rental units everywhere because there are some out going out there today. They're two bedroom in, like 650 square feet. You don't have a living room at that point. It's kitchen, dining yes. room, no living room. How are you supposed to enjoy your space? Yes, you just feel claustrophobic all the time, you know, yeah. closed in. And, um, and you want something that even if it is small square footage, is designed in a way that it has more open space. And, you know, the bright lights and the windows automatically makes everything look bigger and makes you feel that you're in more spaciousness and having a design of that honeycomb, giving it a shape instead of just little square box, you know, automatically also just um, makes people feel that they're not just being picked up and put back in the shoebox. <laughs> I've had a, a bunch of people I've spoken to, including the mayor say that my bedroom sizes in the honeycomb design are actually rather large, which is a good thing. Cause that means you have space mm -hmm. for a, a a good comfortable queen or king size bed your nightstands there's closet space but you have space in there instead of walking into a room where the bed barely fits and you can yeah. the door can barely open like it, it actually it, it feels like a home right it doesn't feel really cramp and claustrophobic yeah and there are so many of those places where the bedrooms and you think okay what size bed am i meant to put in here because if I put in a king size, that's wall to wall. <laughs> you know, a queen size, then I, I'm inching my way. So now you're talking about a single, but there's two of us. <laughs> so yes, it's, um, it's all great that they're designing these small spaces, but are they shrinking the people down to fit into them? Because you know, I can't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, that, that, they should be making the apartment buildings, well, at least for two and three bedroom units, they should be making them with people in mind, but mm -hmm. it seems to be profits kind of right. supersede right. the people instead of the people superseding the profits. But again, what you've got is that community space too, where people can go down into one communal space and, uh, you know, even if they cook the dinner at home, uh, they can go down into this communal space and share with other people, um, you know, not feel alone because going back to, to the psychological isolation that people are going through today, feeling lonely. This is not just a, an aging thing. Uh, we're looking at so many of the youth feeling disconnected and lonely. They don't want to go to bars to meet people or they, you know, they're not into this or into that, but they feel very, very isolated. And you're creating something here where people actually can leave their apartments and go into a, a central space where people can actually know their neighbors and feel a part of a family, part of a community. And especially for people who are leaving home for the first time, having somebody else of different ages and different levels of their journey in life, it doesn't feel like 
suddenly they've been thrown into, you know, the lion's den where nobody knows who they are. You know, they feel like they're part of that community. And that then transpires into, you know, their schoolwork and everything else they do is just so much more beneficial because they feel they've got a home to come back to. So again, community, really, really important. Something that we've uh, let lapse. Uh, we can see all the lack of the benefits of, you know, isolating people, that it really is about people coming back together, supporting one another, all ages, uh, learning from one another and um, celebrating one another and how important it is. Your design does that and it can be picked up and put in any community, in any country, in any situation, anywhere. Yeah, I it's almost like why hasn't someone came up with this before but then again the the way things have been done no one's questioned it they think the square is fine mm -hmm. but there's so many innovations in the building industry it's almost like you could miss something that's huge and this is one of them so this is an, an a huge thing a huge advantage and to be part of it early on it it mean you'll it will mean a lot for the communities they're being built and it also mean that you're doing good for the yes. people you're helping people yes on top of that so you can feel really good about it yeah i mean yeah. again you know the the way the housing is built i'm sure um it could be more cost effective in the building of it it requires um less land but it's also giving land back to the people instead of feeling that they have nowhere to go no gardens because i know that in in vancouver west you know they keep wanting to close parks down to build another uh, high rise you know we don't need more people in there people need green space places to go and you're creating that on one lot where you can have two or three of these um honeycomb buildings there and there is that land that community that park that place that people can can share we have to stop looking at just like let's just pack them in you know give them housing pack them in maximize the profit and we have to start looking at the um the other issues and we because we've been ignoring those we've created this problem of isolating people and it's very very important that people go back to realizing the village mentality the community mentality because that actually then becomes the equilibrium balance of what we need in our society because it's a huge hole a huge hole and uh, you're created something that just again ticks all the boxes so how do people get to be a part of it you're going to speak to anyone anyone that can see this that wants to take it somewhere right so you are open to conversation yeah they can contact me i i, I guess near the end of this interview i'll have my contact information will be out available they can go to my website yeah anyone who wants to be a part of this to make a difference in the community i'm all yours i'm all yours just well give your website now look give your um the now. website is terrafloorplans.com there is a 90 second video on the website and i'll be putting up a short five minute video talking more about these benefits of the honeycomb plan and to contact me, you can email me at terraforplans at gmail.com or Christopher at terraforplans.com. And Terra is T-E-R-R-A. Yes. The spelling of it. A simple concept. Um, ticks so many boxes. It serves so many people. It serves so many communities. It could be uh, adopted and adapted anywhere in the world. And it's just you've got this beautiful basic idea that really you're, you're open to it being adjusted and adaptable to what anybody's need is and so uh, if you know someone in the, the building community if you know somebody in the government if you know somebody who's just wants to get behind this that thinks it's a great idea reach out to Christopher because this is um, it's not just him coming up with a great idea and that's nice it's about what are we going to do about to make this idea come into fruition how do we step up and even introduce people or just talk about it and share the idea because once it gathers momentum that domino effect will really happen but we have to get it into that momentum we have a crisis folks we have a housing shortage we have 
a great deal of isolation and loneliness amongst the community and disconnect. We have a problem with seniors versus students versus young families in housing. This is something that really can resolve so many of those issues. So talk to your, to your own municipality, talk to your mayors, talk to your government, talk to your aldermen and just say, I really love this idea. How can we push it forward? Because that's how we make things happen, right? Right. <laughs> and I'll be connecting with more mayors whenever I can, more developers and anyone else who is interested, just contact me at terrafloorplans at gmail.com or check out the website at www.terrafloorplans.com and I look forward to from hearing from you. Yeah, exactly. It's the idea is there. It's brilliant. It's so, so many. So let's activate it, <laughs> make it happen. Start talking to people, folks. Please share this with somebody else. Look at the website, share the website. Reach out and talk to Christopher because we don't know what is, but we know what's possible. We've told you what's possible today and how many boxes that it takes, but we don't know who's going to be the activator until we start talking. So let's activate this idea. Let's get it in to fruition. Let's start building this because the benefits are just way too big way too big to be ignored. Christopher, wonderful that you're following this plan, for, that you are bringing this to the community um, and stay with it. Just dig in there and once that, once that gets going and that first mayor to get behind it and that first builder to get behind it and build one, once they see it, there's going to be no stopping it because it serves so many. Exactly. Just finding more people who want to jump on and see the concept become reality and then see it spread across Canada, United States, Europe. Anywhere in of, the world. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. And again, it's, you've got the plan. Whatever your country's weather is, materials can be adapted. It's the plan. It's something that's so simple. And, and everywhere in the world needs to have something that's more community-based. Everywhere because this is not just a, a North American problem. It's everywhere in the world. We need to provide more housing, but we need to do it in a way that serves the collective community. So it's really, really important. Thank you so much for Christopher for sharing with us today. You're welcome, Sarah. And uh, folks, please get behind this. This is a great idea. Share it with everybody that you do know. You just don't know who is going to be that one person that says, I like it, let's do it. The only way we get good ideas out there is when somebody says, let's do it. So let's get it shared. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. For more wonderful shows like this, please go to selfdiscoveryradio.com, podcasts and see our lineup. And if you wish to support us, we have a funded button. Please stay tuned for our next show.